Okay, so number one is just trying to soften your jaw. So Botox in the jaw is really not the end answer for me. <laughs> no. It's more butthole squeezing. Yeah, and relaxing. Okay. Actually, okay. the you gotta key, relax your you gotta, don't be such a pass, Allie. Like, actually let it go. Looks like you've officially entered the group chat with your best friends. My name is Ali Pantucci, and this is the Unfiltered Podcast, the place where we leave the heavily filtered world of social media to talk about anything and everything uncensored. From personal wellness to entrepreneurship, spirituality, sex, surviving breakups, and hilarious girl talk in between, this is the space for important conversations that women should be having with their best friends. So pour yourself a glass of whatever makes you feel good, sit back and join me as I navigate adulthood with real, unfiltered conversations. Dare I say it, you guys? <laughs> We're back. We're back. And hopefully, hopefully you didn't think that I was never coming back to you. Hopefully you think that I just completely didn't jump ship on you guys forever. Um, hopefully you missed sweet whisperings into your ear even though half the time it's screaming into your ear. Um, but I am very excited to be back. These last six weeks have been everything I needed and more. Um, as you guys know, this has been a passion project for me. And if you guys didn't know, actually, it's a passion project for me. And it's been one of the best projects I ever could have started. And the feedback and connection and interaction and relationships that I've gained from this, um, I never... Never would have expected by picking up a microphone that over 30,000 women would download episodes and have important conversations. And that to me is just like such a win in itself. So because it is a passion project, it's something I do on my spare time. And for a while, and still is, my clients get my most attention. And that is my job, making my clients happy and helping them build the brand and businesses of their dreams. And... I just hit burnout with the project, you guys. I book in the guests myself. I do the outreach. I produce the show. I record. I edit. <laughs> Even though I the sound is just so bad sometimes and I apologize, um, I do the best I can with the very little sound engineering experience <laughs> that I have, which is zero. Um and then I create the micro content and I and I post that stuff for you guys. And everyone did kind of they I heard two things before coming into podcasting. And one of them was that, you know, in between episode 40 and 50, a lot of people reach burnout. And one of the things you have to do is be consistent. And around episode 35, 40, I started to get tired and I started to feel burnt out. And I started to lose my consistency. And I let you guys down. And I feel like I let myself down a little bit. But having said that, I don't regret taking these last six weeks to just feel so much more reconnected to myself. And I feel amazing remembering what it's like to just find inspiration around me and feel creative again and have the want to play and connect. So this week's episode is an amazing one to come back with because as you guys know, um, either if you follow me on Instagram or if you're friends with me or if you have listened to previous episodes, you know that I've opened up about my struggles with polycystic ovarian syndrome and health and hormones and all of that. I don't want to say good stuff because I don't particularly enjoy it, but I've opened up about it. And the two girls that are coming on the show today have been a really big part of that journey, both with 
um, assistance and support and inspiration. And they're just two badass women that are doing incredible things for women in this community. So this week we have Taryn Grohl and Katie McKenzie coming on the show, and they are the founders of the House of Alleline. The House of Alleline is a collective of movement practitioners that are dedicated to transforming the way that you connect to both your body and yourself. The Alleline Method was originally founded back in 2019 by Katie McKenzie, and through her journey as a mother of two, she developed a deep passion for educating all humans on pelvic floor awareness and health. Taryn actually completed one of her certification programs and then ended up coming on as the co-founder of what is now the House of Alleline. With Taryn's previous experience as a kinesiologist and personal trainer, she brought forth a fiery component of movement that was the perfect complement to the strength of Pilates. These two women have a studio in Gastown here in Vancouver, and if you don't have the opportunity of working with them one-on-one, that is okay because they've developed an incredible online platform that brings both their practices and some of their other trainers right into your house. And they have everything from focusing on breath to understanding pelvic floor to hit to Pilates to everything you need. One of the disclaimers before we get started, and this is not a new disclaimer, you hear it from me all the time, but the sound in this one's not very great. (laughs) Um, And sometimes that's not the most fun to listen to, but I think that there's a lot of important things that we talk about in this episode that make it worth sticking around for. So stick around, listen up. And of course, if you have any questions, feel free to connect with me, connect with Katie, connect with Taryn. Um, I'll link all their information in the show notes. And um, of course, join our Facebook group. We have some amazing things coming and I don't just say that. I mean it. Um, And I'm excited to be back and be hanging out with you guys. So let's go. I'm pumped to have you guys on today for a bajillion reasons. Um, One, Taryn, we've known each other for well, I feel like a, lot, a lifetime, but it's not. But when you were doing, um, what was it called when you were at RYU? You were doing. I was doing stuff with uh, Amelia. I was doing that. Seva. Seva? Yeah. yeah. My other. Yeah. Because we weren't really friends then. You did stuff with Amy. Yeah. I was, I was working with Amy and I was doing classes out of there. Right. So that's how Taryn and I are. I knew of Taryn. So I used to do social and community for a local um, athletic apparel company in Vancouver. And Taryn was running a business called Seva Fitness, and she had these badass workouts for women. And so I knew of you through there. And then we reconnected when I moved more into marketing a couple years ago. Pretty much I just creeped you and was like, and then you were at Turf, and I came up to you and I was like, so... I need to work with you. How do I do it? And you're like, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, what? <laughs> Why do I not remember that? It sounds very familiar. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I, if I want something, I just go. For it. <laughs> so then we started working together a little bit. I was helping you with some photos and some brand stuff. You branched out to do your own thing. And we we connected at a very interesting time in my life. <laughs> yes. So if you guys haven't listened to other episodes, maybe you haven't heard me share my story. And if you have heard me talk about PCOS, too bad, you can fast forward it, but I'm going to talk about it again. So (laughs) for a few years, I was really, or I have been struggling with hormones, but prior to leading up to the actual, like being diagnosed with it, I had no freaking idea what was happening to my body. And I was starting to notice it first with mood and 
like exhaustion levels. I was just tired all the time. And I just internally felt like something was wrong, but I didn't really see any external things in my body. And then we started working together. And then I just remember in the span of like, I was diagnosed, it took them a year to diagnose me. And the only reason why they diagnosed me because the physical symptoms just fucking exploded on my body. Like I remember within two months, like cheekbone down to neck, full cystic acne, couldn't clear my face. And I packed on like 20 pounds. I remember when you came in and you were just like, yeah. Like what the fuck? Excuse me, can someone please tell me what's going on right now? <laughs> but outside outside of that, it's funny when I think back because nothing's really changed over these last couple of years. Like my skin's somewhat improving, but the weight is still on me. Mm-hmm. And it's been really interesting now that I've, I'm coming from a more accepted state calm state about it because the first while I was really panicked and it was very consuming it was I remember too you just wanted to drive and push and give and I think we had a lot of conversations about even before we really knew what was happening with your body and had a diagnosis it was about like me trying to get you to buy in which Katie and I will talk about because we talk about people buying into our uh, movement philosophy philosophy method behind our madness but it's the idea of like how are you feeling like slow down yeah. is this and I remember you looking at me and being like fuck you in the squat rack and yeah. I was like no you're not allowed to go there and I remember you being like don't make me do Pilates <laughs> and I remember you making me do a wall sit and I sat on the wall and I started crying and I was like this bitch what did Katie, what do you say sometimes when you come to our workout? No, I literally walk in and I'm like, don't make me cry. I yeah. don't want to cry. My, I, I don't want to cry today. And it's it's interesting because we have the talk because it's not, and it's not that it's not the goal to make someone cry. That's not what we want to do. Totally. But I think we both have experienced Taryn when she's in the element of just creating a space that mm. you just allow yourself to like kind of sit in and just be like, Ugh. but sometimes you just don't want to do it. You're like, I can't, I don't. Well, also, I look at the transition of, of, you know, up until that moment, that was kind of a transitional or working with you specifically was a transitional phase in my life. Because you look at pre pre these conditions. And I look back to when I was like, quote, unquote, the fittest of my life. I was like, doing Olympic weightlifting, CrossFit, very masculine things where we go, 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 go very like, everything was super intense, everything was super aggressive. And even on like my emotional side, very blocked off, very in my masculine, mm-hmm. very like get shit done. If I'm going to do anything, it needs to be done. Like I need to do it myself. And you're kind of like that tunnel vision with the blinders up. And, you know, it's interesting to learn as you start to tap into your feminine that <laughs> there's just so much stored shit in your body. And it was all the stuff that I had been avoiding that discomfort, like the uncomfort of like learning where my emotions are stored. And even now working with the somatic therapist and like working with people to learn about the energy and of your body and how it matches up with some physical symptoms that you're experiencing. And if you're listening and you think that's a little woo woo, I'm sorry, but it's science. I'm sorry. It's science. (laughs) But also, 
it's so weird that this area of your face, if you guys are listening right now, my jaw area, a few people have told me in somatic therapy that's linked to self-hatred. And you talk about like where my pain was in my body and my hips and my low back. And as women, where do we store a lot of our emotions? Mm -hmm. And no one really talks to you about any of this stuff as a female. I was 30 years old when I read In the Flow by Alyssa Vitti. And it was the first time that I learned, oh, we can like maybe balance our body through sinking our cycles like what the fuck is that <laughs> we could go back to like the way if we talk about elisaviti and the flow like even if you go back to the idea of what you were doing before and i'm like i was doing the same right and i know katie's done the same for her body where it's push drive push masculine and that industry is actually built that way it's built yeah. for the male body it's built for a man the yeah. diet culture is built for a man's body so supplements yeah. And so you yeah. think of it that way, like, and then now we're opening ourselves up to this, the feminine, if you say so, not boy and girl or man and female, just the feminine energy. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's where you just, with her too, if we like, it's just that idea of like stepping a little into that. And then on a biological scientific side, stepping into like the female body and what's actually appropriate for our bodies and our hormones. Yeah. and. Um, yeah, we can go real deep if you want. Yeah, it's really, yeah. it's so funny because it's actually very new age. Even the consideration of um, the female body and, and how it's like back in when I was in school and when Taryn was in school, all the textbooks, and this is not a male bashing situation. No. It's just, no. all of the textbooks were written by men. I look back at anatomy and sex ed classes and they never talked about the female genitalia. It was always about the male genitalia. It was never yeah. about female pleasure it was about male ejaculation and it was always shaming when we even mm -hmm. talked from even the recognition of the female body was mm -hmm. always done with shame I know when I got my period at 13 years old it was embarrassing it was yeah. not something that was celebrated um yeah. I grew up in a, in a masculine household but also was a very I I stepped into my masculine at a young age like a lot of humans out of safety out of security of feeling like the achiever was going to allow me to be respected and seen without even knowing that was the subliminal messaging I was given at a young age because it was always shameful to be feminine. Yeah. Um, and then you come from an Indian South Asian background <laughs> and we bring in women of color and that's like a whole other ball game of like, yeah. like your body isn't your body. Even when people look at your body, if they look at it with a positive or like, you know, you're attractive, that's shameful. So be ashamed yeah. of your body, like cover yourself up. Don't be active. That's for boys. So then we have no connection to self in general and on a South Asian side, but I even think like in general in society, it's the same way. And that's what blew my mind as I started to work with women like yourself and starting to see those that and, and starting to educate myself by like in anatomy and realizing men and women are different. Why are we training the same? And then on top yeah. of it, emotionally, when I was going through my own process, why are we treating each other the same? We're yeah. different. Yeah. And that's not that. And that's not uh, a disadvantage. It's just more of a, a learning and an understanding that in order for us to actually like women to step into a society that was based around the circadian fucking clock. 
Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. need to learn how, how our bodies need to operate to be able to show up to perform our best mm-hmm. for ourselves, for other people, for our jobs, for our entire lives. The It's funny because the one thing that really made me to start to, okay, now you've got my attention. Like, <laughs> I remember we were a few months in and my brain couldn't comprehend the science because before losing weight wasn't an issue. So if you guys are listening to this, like when I moved to Vancouver, I was 212 pounds and I was super unhappy. I was in my early twenties. I went through a lot. And when I moved here, I didn't know anyone. So I thought, okay, I don't have any excuses. There's no distractions. I'm going to make a commitment to myself. I'm going to be more mindful about what I eat. I'm going to move my body 30 minutes a day. And that really fueled, like it fueled a massive weight loss. I lost 65 pounds. I was feeling really great. It brought me into Olympic weightlifting and that whole thing. But that big part of my life was still based around that quote unquote simple way of thinking of like, eat less, move more. Oh, if you just do those two things, of course, you're going to lose weight. It's like, that's it. It doesn't matter. Eat less calories, move your body. And like, that's what we're always told. And for the life of me for a few years ago, I could not understand how I was getting my meals delivered, tracking my food. And like, was I perfect? No, I was on the road. I was traveling a lot, but I wasn't eating like that three meals a day, seven days a week was seeing you plus doing stuff on my own, going to spend doing other things and was packing on weight. And I said like, this situation doesn't support the story that we're telling ourselves with that. So why, like what, what is different about this? Why is this making, like, why is this not making sense to me? And you were the first person that told me that like, those spin classes and the hit workouts and everything I was doing was probably fucking with my cortisol put it like I was already in fight or flight and was working against me. So I got distracted. There's like 40 dogs outside my window, like all so fucking cute with the dog walker. I actually just saw something go along the background. <laughs> there was like a shadow that went. I was like, what is going on in the background? Is that like the herd of dogs going by? No, <laughs> no, I'm on upper floor, but sorry, I got really distracted by puppies. Today. <laughs> um, <laughs> just like, oh my God, cute. Um, but that was the first time where I really started to think about it. And you said like, yeah, you brought that to my attention. I said, no, you're insane. And of course I didn't listen because there's no way you could be right. But at least I started thinking about it. And this summer, I felt things start to kind of balance a little bit for me. And ironically, I was moving, working out maybe three times a week and like I was doing hot yoga and all of a sudden I started losing weight and I'm like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. And it's why honoring- does no one teach us about this? <laughs> yeah, it's honoring what your body needs at different times. And it's even if you, and I had a huge realization with this. We, I mean, gosh, I feel like we can go down 10 different roads with this. Yeah. Um, but even just recently, I was eating, I put on some weight um, and I was feeling really heavy. Like it felt like my energy was down and it was like yeah. four coffees a day to get through the day and like having to put the spunk on and be there and present. And I was on paper eating the ideal diet. Like yeah. it was what I knew was in the past really good for me. And then I went and saw um, a Chinese medicine doctor who was just looking at my chi and it was completely depleted, listening to my heart rate and, you know, doing their thing and asked me what I was eating. And just because of my own unique 
constitution, I was eating the completely wrong thing for me. And from having one session of acupuncture, listening to my body, getting a good night's sleep, going into more, some warm foods, not eating salads, not eating like the perfect juice, not making my celery juice with apple and ginger in the morning. Cause that was actually the worst thing I could have done for my body. And it put my body into a complete amount of depletion. It, I was depleting. So then it was putting on weight and holding weight because it needed to, it was going into scarcity. It was and, grabbing onto it. And how did you feel? Cause I want to go back to like we talk about weight, we talk about this, and I bring this back to you, Allie, all the time, is like, okay, stop for a second. Like, like the weight was coming on, but you also felt lethargic. You also felt low. You also felt... Mm. So it's like, and it's the listening of what's happening in the unique individual body instead of always outward looking at what someone else is doing to validate what we're doing within ourselves. And it's But that- how the fuck are you supposed to listen when you're on social media and everyone has something so different to say? It's like it's getting so hard now mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. actually find a reputable source because in you are consuming content 24/7. Mm-hmm. And why is your content right over the other person or why is Like, look at Western medicine versus holistic. Mm -hmm. They still can't even come to an agreement. Like, why is it that my team that I had to go for two and a half years to GP, to gynecologist, to endocrinologist, tell me that I'm fucking fine to take birth control? And then a naturopath will say, do all these things. They address, they address what I'm feeling. And then Western Med, my GP will be like, do not take that because you're going to mess up your system. What does that do for someone like me with anxiety? That's it. I'm like, oh my God, then I guess I can't do it. My endocrinologist back in June, July, I saw her originally in January last year, a year ago, after waiting a year to see her, had a breakdown in her office. She knows about my mental health history. She knows about what I'm struggling with. She's like, let's do this for six months. Tried to put me on this. Six months go by. Got to the point where I was waking up with swollen face. My knees were swollen. Couldn't put on pants. Looked like I gained 10 pounds overnight. Freaking out. Emotionally can't handle it. And you know what this bitch told me on the phone? Could not, could, A, could not see me. B, knows my history with eating disorders and mental health history, says, you haven't lost any weight? And I said, no, I feel like I've put on weight. Cole's note, she actually called me obese, said that I should refer me to an obesity clinic who, like, doctor specializes in food management and stomach stapling. That is how Western medicine has currently dealt with me, who has disordered eating and, like, body dysmorphia. And a hormonal issue that no one's helping her with. But the naturopath is like, have vitamin B, and the the gyno will be like, that's bad for you. Don't take it. Like, how does that make sense? You know what? Honestly, <laughs> Allie, it's it's atrocious. And yeah, it's, it's embarrassing. Nowhere near the same experience. Nowhere. There's the one thing is I feel like the more human beings I talk to, the more have similar situations, and it just yeah. further talks about how we have to be our own advocates. It was yeah. even in what created, what cultivated change in my own life, what moved me out of being the super masculine, like was my first pregnancy and my first birth and mm-hmm. what ended up happening with me. And I, I too have, have suffered with anxiety and depression and I have a, a, a trauma past, which I was running from my entire life 
And Mm -hmm. when I became pregnant with my first, I had a beautiful pregnancy. I was like bound and determined to power through that pregnancy through like, I had my ego fully in it, like running on a treadmill until I basically popped that baby out. And I was like, this is going to be no painkillers, vaginal birth, (laughs) going to dominate this pregnancy, going to own the shit out of this. And it came full blast in my face in that labor and delivery, which I won't get into, is the complete inconsistency of how it was no longer about me as a human being. And I was just a vessel that was going to bring a child into this earth. And they were not going to consider my emotional needs, my physical needs or anything. And at the end of the day, it was just about a doctor wanting to cut me open and get a baby into the world. But it was the amount of conflicting dialogue when I knew in my heart of hearts, I knew my body, but I wasn't being told I could trust it. Mm-hmm. I was being told I had to listen to everybody else about what was happening. And I knew, and I'm lucky and I feel very privileged that I do live in a country and I have the financial means and I'm in socioeconomic situation that I could fight for my need, my needs after But even I had one OB who I forever adore and love because he was in charge of me for most of my labor because it went over a couple of days, Um, but he couldn't actually deliver my child. And he said to me, I think there's no anatomical reason you can't birth this child. I think you might have what's called a hypercontracted pelvic floor. No one had ever talked about that. But the person who actually delivered my baby just wanted to cut me open. And right after I was like, don't even try to birth another child. Just right away book a C-section. And it was this blatant conflict. And then it allowed me space to sit in and be like, okay, what do I, I'm like, I can, if I want to do this again, I know I can do this. There was so many things we can get. Sorry to interrupt. Wait, if you have a C-section, you can't have another baby? No, no, no. You can have another baby. (laughs) I know nothing about being a mom, by the way. So I'm just like a listener. I'm sitting here. I'm like, hmm. (laughs) <laughs> no, what they, what they, um, they will regularly, it depends every unique di- birth is such a unique situation. And this is one of the one things too. It's like, there's way too, again, a whole other podcast just on birth and all of this kind of yeah. stuff about how it's constantly women are inundated on what they should do, what they shouldn't do, what they can do. And I don't even think it's birth. Like, I think this is like me, someone who hasn't had babies. It's women's health in general. Like going back to your question of like, how is there such a like divide and how is there not any consistent information in women's health because not enough has been done in women's health there's not enough research done in women's health and we're just tapping like we're just like a a drip in the in the ocean of women's health like I look at women coming to us not just pre-postnatal which is huge because that's like the first time they've actually had to look in to women's health specifically and not just go for regular GP checkups and, you know, and, and maybe the pap is the biggest thing they've done within their, their own health. But then it's like, on top of it, it's the idea of how come nobody talked to me about fertility earlier and how to prep myself. The minute I got my period, what is that totally. look like that I can have, you know, I can be um, perimenopausal at a certain age, or I should look at like my, my mother's history and my grandmother's history, or I should be, you know, Or the idea of, okay, birth, like, you know, when I want to have a baby, let's talk about that. Let's not just talk about it when I'm pregnant. Let's talk about it before. How do I prepare my body? Is this something I want to do? Is this something I don't want to do? How do I Well, no, because as a woman, you're born, you have babies, and you produce babies, and that's all you do. (laughs) It's just natural, right? So much more that happens hormonally. Like, I could just rant about even, like, the fact that 
women have to be on birth control and men don't need to be on birth control. Yeah. Well, we can well going that. back, going back to the book by Alyssa Beattie. So yeah. am I pronouncing her name right? I think so. Vidia. Viti? Viti? Sorry. Um, back to the book. It's in the flow. F-L-O. And it's funny because at the beginning, she's basically like, here I am in university. I'm dealing with weight. I'm dealing with skin. People are shoving birth control, birth control and Accutane down my throat. All of these things. And you're sitting here listening. And I'm like, oh my God, this is my life story. Yep. Yep. Check, check, check. And I think in the book she mentioned she was super interested in endocrinology and that's what she wanted to study. Could be wrong. Don't quote me on that. But she just found it so frustrating that no one had answers. And from the second you, like when you were a kid and you start talking about, like, you, how old are you? Grade five, maybe 10. And you're like, okay, so sex ed 101. Okay. Girls are going to get a period. You're going to bleed once a month and it's going to be your, it's your curse. And that's all you know, that's all you're actually really taught about the bodies. Mm -hmm. You produce eggs, they're meant to be fertilized. If they're not fertilized, they shed, you bleed, ta-da, woman 101. Yeah, well, I was even, I was taught by a friend's mom what a tampon was. Like, Oh God, I remember the first time I had to use a tampon, it was not a nice day. horrible. It was so painful. I was at a water park and my mom had to scream through me through a public bathroom stall. I was like, it's not going in. She's like, okay. I'll... Oh my God, it was so embarrassing. Flashback. Yeah. Ontario place on, shout out. The only thing I will say is, I will say it's been good. I'm hearing, like the last seven years, I've seen a lot of growth in the way that things are being handled because yeah. there are human beings that are advocating. I've spoken yeah. to some um, mothers recently and I'm loving like, the period parties they're having and the sitting at the dining room tables and having like dialogues and the sons really bring in the sons into the dialogues and, and really stopping the shame cycle for them. Like remembering yeah. that the men, it's just the way that they were raised and the way that they were dialogued Similarly and it's the, way we are. the same. It's, yeah, so same. it's like, it's both sides of the wheel have been affected by the lack of knowledge yeah. and the lack of um, advocating. And you know, and I, and it was also like, we go back to the, the textbooks and the way people were educated. And, you know, even I had midwives and my midwives didn't know what a pelvic floor physiotherapist was. And like, they were so separated and didn't talk. And it's just, there are, I think there has been some amazing advances. The fact that, um, human beings. So, um, again, now we're even having the dialogue that it shouldn't just be women's health. It's actually like, it's health for reproductive health and, mm -hmm. and menstrual health because, you know, we get into that dialogue and rec recognizing it's not just women that have a menstrual cycle. Mm -hmm. And so, and it's like recognizing the hormonal, hormonal react reactions that are just unique to each person and what is it and just having the resources. And that's where I could, again, we can go in the dialogue mm -hmm. about getting angry about how in Canada, yes, we're so privileged and we have great medical coverage but the government gets to dictate what our medical coverage covers. And like, mm -hmm. it's, it's not for those different types of holistic medicines that Ali, I'm the same way as you. I've seen yeah. huge benefits in my life from going not, not in our Western medicine and, but having a balance between the two. And I'm going to have to go see that, that doctor balance looks like for me. Mm -hmm. And, um, even from my taxes and having my, you know, all of, I have an autoimmune disorder. And so I had to have injections for a long time and that was rejected from a deductibility on my tax return. And I was like, who do you get to tell me what I can use as medical? But I mean, we can go down that path, but I think from what we're experiencing and Taryn and I are so 
privileged in a way that we get to see so many humans from so many different walks of lives and hear their experiences and learn from their individual unique experiences. And the more that I think there's that space for people to be able to drop into their bodies, like, and mm-hmm. actually listen, which mm-hmm. is, and, and stop using my thing is, is I always know when someone says something in this multitude of information called social media, when it hits home, I'm like, Oh, like when you read the, the flow in the flow, when you read that and you're like, Oh, I know what she's talking about. So that yeah. that's the person you listen to. Cause they are, their lived yeah. experience is in alignment with yours. Anyway. So that's my two cents about, it's just, I've really learned that I get this, like when I started to learn how to drop into myself and like listening to myself a little bit, which again, to people listening, that might sound like, what do you mean drop into yourself? That's so ridiculous. But you get, it's like when you get goosebumps when someone says something, or you get that little thing in your back, like in the back of your neck and you're like, yeah, something sounds familiar here. Something resonates with me. And then, or the ones where it's just like, I, I have no, this doesn't fit. Then it means it doesn't fit. Like I have so many books in my house that I've read the first two chapters and I don't bother picking them up again because it's just not, it doesn't mean it's not valid. It just doesn't need to be a part of my story because it doesn't yeah. fit in with my story because it yeah. doesn't resonate from my, my point of view yeah. or my lived experience that I need in my life. Yeah. Did that make sense or was that totally out no, of No, that makes sense. I'm going to dial it back because we're going to transition into you guys working together and what you guys are up to now. But- What's been really cool, or what was really cool, it is cool, it's still cool, will always be cool, (laughs) is it's been so awesome to see the transformation. Like, when I met you, Taryn, or when I was working with you and you were at the, Mm -hmm. the studio, that's a pretty high masculine place. Oh, let me tell you. (laughs) <laughs> and you were like the head honcho. You were like the boss. Like you're like, I'll tell all you fuckers what's up. You know? Like <laughs> um and it was it was a very fun environment. Super fun. Super fun, but it's so interesting how <laughs> you're doing something so freaking polar opposite. So I remember when you so Katie, Taryn starts raving about these. Was it Sunday nights or whatever little night she was doing with your training? Oh, Wednesdays. Wednesday nights. Oh, the and, the, the Jacked and Jill. That name oh, just no. Oh, no. When you were doing Katie's. Oh, Katie's course. Oh, yes. Our yeah. Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, it was just like, okay, I'm learning this. Like, let's start doing, I'm doing this. Let's do more of this. And at this point, I got nothing to lose. So I'm just like going in there, hating my life, knowing that she's going to jab her two fucking fingers into my hips, squeeze my stomach fat and tell me to relax. So that's basically what I was expecting. (laughs) But just seeing the transition of what what you guys are doing now and the space you're creating for women, but how it really showed a really nice example of how you can step into your feminine and all it does is fucking raise you up. Like the power that you get from stepping into your feminine and by stepping into it, understanding it, owning it, surrendering to it, realizing that it makes you a more powerful player. It's kind of like that work 
smarter, not harder kind of thing, because it's this thing that for most women have been suppressed our entire lives. Mm -hmm. We're kind of like that generation that's going to help shift the story for like our kids and Mm -hmm. their kids, because our parents, like if you think who taught them, we're now talking grandparents and that's some twisted ass time. So it's been like really, really cool. I want to talk about how you found Katie and how you started to make that transition and then the space that you guys are creating for women right now. Well, I found Katie because, so my background is kinesiology. I'm a strength training coach and I was, I love learning. I've always loved learning and, and, and I've always known male and female bodies were different. And I've always kind of had that perspective when I trained and I just didn't know how to access it. I was exhausted. I was working, training like 12, 13 hour days. I had no voice. My body was like literally vibrating. And if I now look back and the days where I feel almost not even like one tenth of that kind of tired and I can feel it. And I'm like, that's how I felt a hundred percent of the time. And, and I look back. And when I started taking that course, the reason I took it was I was taking some of Katie's classes. And when I do something and I like it, then I just go full throttle and throw all my time and a shit ton of money into it. (laughs) That expensive. Wait, pause. Wait, pause. I started doing not the training. I started doing one-on-one sessions with her before. Wait, Katie, did you do PT at Better Bodies too? I was a client. Yeah. I knew I had a girl crush on you for a reason. I couldn't pinpoint where it was. You and everyone else. On the internet, I was like, have I met this girl before? It's driving me crazy. Okay, I just had a little, like, deja vu. Continue. Uh, Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I I met her at there, and I started doing her classes um, around the city. And uh, then she had – I was doing one-on-ones with her, and my body changed. Like, I'd leave a workout, and I was like, oh, like, this is how I want to feel all the time. Like, and she would tell me, you need – your body is vibrating. You need to – listen to your body I was like yeah yeah whatever I'm fine (laughs) I'm fine I'm fine that's like my number one line and then uh I took her course and I think like I cried every every day every night I went there it was just like it was it wasn't just about it was like that beautiful collaboration of like um movement and like how you're feeling like Mm. how movement and the way you feel kind of are this beautiful combination and then realizing the transformation within myself not just physically but mentally and this is going to sound woo woo but spiritually as well like having a deeper connection to myself and that was the pelvic floor like really coming into like my pelvic floor and realizing for me and I've been told this by like eastern medicine doctors and um a few little health issues I've had is like that is also like your that's your like that's where life starts begins you know that's where your wisdom is your intuition and like not listening to that yeah and I remember like immediately being able to get my voice back I remember just like stepping in like people when they say transformation I'm like oh she's my transformation and I think um that's when I knew I had to like leave what I was doing behind like leave yeah. that world. Was that aha I moment I was an aha moment yeah Okay, let's talk pelvic floor because I guarantee you 97% of people listening have no idea what the fuck you're talking about and that's actually a problem. Not that they don't know it, it's that we're not actually taught it. 
Yeah. And the importance of it. So let's start with that. Well, every human has a pelvic floor. And I think that's one of the biggest misunderstandings as well. And okay, there you go. 98% have a pelvic floor. And actually pelvic floor <laughs> health in men is super important for prostate issues. So prostate issues have a pro- because they are not connected into their pelvic floor. Okay. We're going to focus on the feminine, but they, every human has a pelvic floor. And if we're, let's go anatomy. That's what I like. Well, that's what I was going to say is like your pelvic floor is used for uh, stability. So if you're coming from like a kinese movement, strength training background, it's for stability. Like every muscle in your, that, that means something in your core comes from hip stability and pelvic floor stability. You can't be stable without that baby. And then two, I think when it comes to um, things like uh, abdominal pressure, um, is really important. That's things when you come into hernias or breath, uh, synchronicity, I think that's another thing. So if you're having like back pain, hip pain, um, hernias, it's coming, it's coming from what's happening in your pelvic floor. So, uh, anatomically the pelvic floor, it's a dome that sits on the bottom and the base of the pelvis. And it runs from your simplistically from your pubic bone, mm-hmm. your tailbone, and your two mm-hmm. sits bones, the bony landmarks on the bottom of your ass. So as I squeeze my butthole right now or do a Kegel, girls, I know you're doing this too. Don't even fucking lie. <laughs> so is that my pelvic floor? Well, let's, let's, let's do this. Okay. We're going to cue you into it. So Ali, shut your eyes. Whoever out there, shut your eyes. And if you're driving, don't shut your eyes. But you can do this driving. If you're standing in a grocery lineup, it's so fun. Cause I sit there and I laugh. Cause I'm like, I'm playing with my pelvic floor humans. It's in there. It's <laughs> no real, real interesting. It's super fun. Okay. It's super right, and also for anyone out there for sex, getting into your pelvic floor, game ooh, changer, game changer. Okay. Anyway, All right. we could close my eyes. Also <laughs> sex, whole other dialogue about shame. Anyway. So if you're sitting there or standing, I want you to take an inhale and I want you to think that you're going to take a shit and you're going to go pee. I want you to open through your rectum. I said it. It's a rectum. We all have one. Don't go shame there. Okay. I can't hold my breath for this long. Go. Okay. That's a problem. Inhale. Now, (laughs) as you exhale, as you exhale, don't take a shit. Draw your rectum in and then your perineum. Do you know where your perineum is? Doubt it. The space between your two holes, your rectum and your vagina. Lift that up and in. Draw it in. Now, inhale. Think about dropping and opening. Relax. Breathe. Let go. Okay. 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 Start over. Oh my God. Start over. Okay. okay. All right. But talk faster. No. Don't <laughs> And then I'll let her take over on all the actual stuff. Um, okay. Thing I've got. Okay. The pelvic floor. This is my thing. Okay. Okay. So. Okay. And one thing, and this is why it's so important, is because there's all of these fallacies that. You have no tonicity, so no connection to your pelvic floor, when in fact our society is wrecked with people who have locked pelvic floors because of tension and stress. Okay. Mm. So another key thing, our jaw, our mouth, this orifice matches that orifice. This is fucked up. Yeah. Our jaw's fucked up. Yeah. So when you lock this, you lock that. Okay. So number one is just trying to soften your jaw. So Botox in the jaw is really not the end answer for me. No. It's more butthole squeezing. Yeah. And yeah, relaxing. Okay. Actually, okay. the you key, relax your butt you got to, don't be such a tight ass, Allie. Like, actually let it go. Pull that stick out of your ass and take a deep inhale and a slow, long exhale. So, okay. Okay, start over. 
Okay. Sorry. Okay, eyes closed. Mark, Everybody listen. are listening to this right now. Let's okay. go. So I went just eyes shut. <laughs> and before anything, try to just breathe. Don't force it. Don't make it big. Don't make it small. And then try with your eyes shut to just bring your intention into the base of your pelvis. Now here and now, this can be extremely jarring for someone. Yeah, I got really angry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's part of the problem is we actually, there's so much shit is held in our pelvises. Like so much of our energetic bodies, lived experiences. So asking someone to just drop in there and open it up can be very jarring. So you have to just allow yourself to receive acknowledgement of the base of your pelvis. It's there, it's presence, and then just allow to have softness. So just breathe in softness and then allow space. Softening your jaw, softening your brow, and acknowledging whatever may be here without judgment, without shame, without a need to perfect it, just an acknowledgement. If it feels okay to do so, on your next exhale, feel a slight drop up of your rectum. Think about not going pee, so drawing up and in through your center line, and maybe giving a little hug of your abdominals, belly, whatever resonates with you, drawing it towards the center line. And then inhale, allow everything to release. Exhale, lift through the rectum, perineum, vagina. Draw like you're walking into cold water. Draw everything up and in towards you, like a nice hug. And then exhale, allow the release and the soften. And then whenever it feels okay, you can open your eyes. So the key is like the softness in it because like that was one of the biggest eye-opening experiences for me was there was all of this like go there, go there, go there. And I had so much resistance to it because there was so much pain. And so it wanted to be locked. It's like, no, I don't want you to come here because what's actually here that you're going to blow open. And then it became like this, you have to tell your nervous system, you have to allow yourself to be like, okay, there's no danger around me right now. So it has to be willing to receive the movement. And see, you yawned, which maybe people didn't see, which actually is the biggest compliment because your nervous system can't yawn if you didn't feel a down regulation of your nervous system. Oh my God. After I do like a, like work with Taryn or I do um, shadow work or like like emotional work with my coach, I'm just yawned so much like waterworks over here. Just like yeah. so much release out of my body. It yeah. is kind of... It's this weird juxtaposition where it's like, oh, I feel a fully reset right now. I'm like, that feels nice. But where I also find it's hard to connect with it is that you're giving me these cues and mentally I know what you're saying. Physically, the awareness isn't there. And I know if that's the case for me, it's like, how am I so, I don't think I, I don't, I don't think I'm that out of tune with my body. I might fully like uh, ignore and push away. But the fact that that's actually something I have to like, okay, step one, step two, 
oh, am I am I doing it right? It's like you overthink it. Well, we're it's so foreign. Our society is keeping us up here, right? And so we we're so stuck up here in our brains, like the whole way that we're taught our education, and it's ground into us. Think it, think it, think it, know it, make it happen, force it happen, and that's that that's that masculine like thing, right? I think like so. It's like allowing allowing it to not be perfect, but you have to create. You're creating a new neural pathway, just trying to get there, and our body yeah. will do what it's supposed to do if we just create the space to allow it to do it. And that's the thing. It's, it's, we create cues because we want to bring the mind back into the body, but it's a practice just like, you know, we want, it's not about working out to come out of our body. Like that saying, like, get out of your head. Like actually, actually we kind of want to bring the head in, into the body and allow that. And it's scary. It's really scary, but it takes time. It's not, I, I work with some people where the first three privates is literally just trying to get them to breathe. Well, that's so, the most annoying thing. That's like my sessions with you, Taryn. I lie there and I'm like, but they go by so fast and I feel so good after, but it's actually so crazy how in my head I am because I can't figure out how to fucking breathe. She's like, nope, that, it's so hard. So, but you know what I think is, and this is something I say to clients often is whether whatever age you come in to our space is, you just spent the last 30 years thinking one way. Yeah. How can you expect yourself, not even knowing that that's something important in anatomically a part of your body. So how can you put that pressure on yourself? Well, it's to, ego. To connect that quickly. And that's why you yeah. come in. That's why you practice. That's, yeah. and I always say when I start uh, uh, breath in the first connecting meditation is, it's just an awareness and it's just an acknowledgement of where you are today. And some days it's going to be easier and some days it's going to be more difficult and that's okay. Because I, I say this, even if we take it out of the pelvic floor and you're learning strength training or Pilates for the first time, or you're learning to ski for the first time, or I don't know, swim, you can't learn right away. It's, it's unrealistic to, to put that pressure on yourself. So to stop, and because it's so intimate, it becomes a lot more about in your head and shame because of that area and space you're going in your body. Like the fact that it makes us uncomfortable to say the words rectum, perineum, and vulva, and it makes people shudder. They're anatomical terms like arm, finger, head, nose. Mm -hmm. They're different, but it's just the way we're trained. So that gets into our body so to kind of say like, I can come in and Katie can come in some days and be like, I cannot connect. And this is like our jam. So to know that like, it's okay not to connect. And that's a part of the process. That's Mm -hmm. what your body needs that day is to not connect and just be. And our society is built on immediate gratification. Like uh, my whole life is built on immediate gratification. gratification. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. I'm I'm like, what do you mean? I've been an asshole for two months to my body and I can't like, I'm, (laughs) I'm 31 years old and still Google how to lose 30 pounds in two days. <laughs> I love it. Fuck <laughs> yeah. And I also want to sit here and say <laughs> that like Taryn and I, this is like what she just said. This is our like lifeline. This is our career. This is what we do. And yet like it is so important for us to have body work done by other people. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I need her to watch my body. I need her to help me like move. We're regularly pulling each other off of the ledge. Like, 
it's, it's, if there's ever a moment that we project out to the world that we've got this dialed, hell no. And it's, but I think what it is, is that we've come into the self-acceptance of understanding that we're all just on this journey. And every day there's like, you know, it's that cliche for every step forward. There's like four steps backward for like yeah. healing is not this beautiful line that looks like this. It's like boom, 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 boom. And like back here. Yeah. And every time you think you got your shit together, somebody else is going to throw something at you. And health is one of the biggest things and our bodies and everything single time. I think I've got my body died, like figured out something comes in and yeah. hormones are freaking amazing. I'm so happy to have a feminine body that just throw hormones at me. (laughs) I'm one of the lucky one in 10 females who gets PCOS that you can't cure. (laughs) It's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. Okay. You know what, Ellie? I met another, another, a a really good girlfriend of mine. Uh, I had coffee with her the other day and she just got diagnosed with it as well. And, um, and, and I think, it was very really interesting because she went through the same thing and it was heartbreaking watching her for years. Oh, yeah. yeah. Years. years. And, and it was the same thing. I, and, and, and you're like, what? but do you want to know why? Because there's a checklist, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the checklist on those symptoms, it could be acne. It could be weight gain. It could be fucking hair on your chin. It can be whatever is on their list. They will not diagnose you until you have three of them. So what happened was, here I am getting all these symptoms. The irony was a year prior to that, they sent me to get an internal ultrasound and it came back and she's like, there are polyps over all your ovaries. So I'm thinking, excuse me, what? And she's like, oh, no, they're fine. We're going to send you to a gyno, but you're fine. I was like, so there's things all over my ovaries, but I'm fine. Okay, gyno. Nope, you're fine. Nothing. We'll keep an eye on you, but you're fine. One second, fire truck. Cheers. <laughs> Any of them cute? Sorry, sorry. <laughs> check it, Allie. Check you it. Get, you get out there, Allie. You check it out. <laughs> um, a year goes by, and that's when I was with Taryn. So I go back, and now I'm bawling my eyes out. And I'm like, what's wrong with my body? Oh, you have PCOS. Okay, so before I was fine, and now I have PCOS. Well, before you didn't have, you know, you only had two and not three, so we couldn't diagnose you. I'm like, okay, so to clarify, you wait until I gain all this weight that I can't lose and fuck up my whole face with acne that has scarred my face and that I cannot get rid of for me to tell me that, oh, yeah, you have PCOS and you can go on birth control or Accutane. Why is it, I'm not even going to say it because it might insult some doctors that are listening. I'm not even going to get into it, but... Anyways, we've been talking for almost an hour. Oh, no. And, and hold on, though. Did we, we have it? Loop? Oh, wait. Can I say one thing? We're not done. <laughs> oh, okay, good. Okay, good. Because I realized I didn't close the loop on something, and someone may think that they can't have a C-section and then have a vaginal birth. I oh, had a VBAC. God. You can have a VBAC, vaginal birth after C-section. You can't. So okay. I don't want to create anything there. That, so that's great to know. we've been talking for almost an hour and we've obviously dropped a lot of information but we haven't talked about what you guys have come together and what Elaine is women so let's just talk about what that is and why I personally think you're doing like something instrumental to help transform the space 
Well, like after I think I didn't finish, but after I met Katie and we came together through and I did the course, I just loved it and I started to implement it. And we just became best friends forever. No, I'm just kidding. And yeah, and I just started implementing it. And then Katie had created the course. I think the course we're talking about, I don't think we we said, is the Alaline method. It's a, a method of Pilates, and Katie can explain it a little bit. Oh, okay. Um, well, it's traditional mat Pilates, but it also brings in trauma-informed movement, which was pivotal for me and um, my understanding of why I've always been drawn to movement and then gave a lot more context because I think it's movement is such a powerful tool, but can also be a very dangerous tool. Um, when not utilized appropriately. Um, and it also, it uh, provides, includes some social justice work, which I'm really, um, really passionate about. Um, and it also is just, it literally kind of is my, it sounds cheesy, but it's my heart and soul. I have a dog and two little girls. And I actually think my two daughters were my biggest gift in life because they really helped me drop into my feminine. They showed me they're my greatest teachers. And I created this program. Actually, I know it sounds so ridiculous, but because of them, because it, it embodies just all of my beliefs in what movement should be about. And it's not, it's, it's a healing practice. It's, it's, Mm -hmm. and it's also individual. And it really helps, I think, try to help people to drop their ego as guides in movement to be able to actually see the person that's in front of them. And yeah, you can't walk into any session with either of you without dropping that ego because it's going to be a very challenging, uncomfortable process. If you like, for me personally, mm-hmm. like the 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 stronger, it, like the more I was in my ego in any of those sessions, the more frustrated I got, the more resistance I felt, the more it like versus me just being like, leave it at the door trust what you've built here trust the person you're with and let her guide you like surrender to being guided there's like it's like night and day and it has a deep for people who are it's important to them there's a deep knowledge of the body and from an anatomical perspective from a physical perspective and it really balances the understanding of the anatomy of the body with how every body is different I think that's how we fell in love. Like that's how we're that combination. Like that's the heart and soul of our relationship is like that deep respect and honoring the body. When you, when a person comes in our door, whether a student or a client, it's the fact that you are putting your um, physical and emotional health in our hands in this hour. And it's our responsibility to make sure you move the best way we can provide, give, give you that programming for. And that you're seen as a person. Yeah. As a, so it's not like I don't give, so we, I had eight privates today. No single private was the exact same session. Yeah. Was every single one was different. Yeah. But I think where Alaline and the house of Alaline came from was it was the Alaline method by Katie McKenzie when it first started. And in that time, there was a lot of things going on in my personal life. Um, and when I'm Taryn and I became closer that she was probably is my greatest gift in so many ways, besides my own children, they call her Taryn Masi because they have to call her auntie in her language, not our language. Punjabi, it means Masi, um, Masi means, it actually means like 
the mother's sister, right? Uh, oh God, why am I crying? Um, but um, but when COVID hit, I was the independent mom. I don't like single mom. My daughters have an amazing father who is very active in their life, and they're I'm so lucky. But I'm an independent mother. We don't we don't live together. Um, and when COVID hit, Taryn's husband was away, and we ended up um, isolating together. And she was my bubble. And we both panicked because both of our businesses shut down and we became each other's people and our partnership formed so organically. And it was, we literally just woke up one day, like I had a studio space in here. She started to come back in, into my space. I was helping her teach online because she had never really taught group before and didn't know what that felt like. And then one day we're like, why are we not just doing this? And, and then it was, we were just each other's people and it organically became this thing of so much respect, love, mm-hmm. adoration, and it was never forced. No, and it organically happened. It was so wonderful. That's some divine timing shit right there. Yeah. 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 Like, escape this, <laughs> I made your greatest gift. Like when I remember like every, the first private, the first certification class, I remember like us filming the first video and I just, you, like you said, Ali, from the, when you met me years ago to now is a whole different being. And that's like surrendering that ego, surrendering that and coming into my feminine and trusting. And as you trust yeah. me, when you come into your session is like that deep love and trust I have for her. And she's questionable. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, though, I can say I have so much respect for what you're doing because you've created this beautiful juxtaposition that like, well, not like we already know this, but workouts aren't like, it's not cookie cutter, right? Like what works for some person might not work for you. But a lot of people, like I said, like it was really hard for me to process. I'm like, so by doing something not so intense will get me the results that I want. Like, I just love that you guys have come into a space that A, helps change the narrative. B, you are super educational based, but you also have a really nice juxtaposition of like, I can lift weights with you and do this in the same session. And like, I can really understand what I need from my body. And I can really like have someone like, it could have a very accepting and open space to be like, I'm walking in and I'm like, all right, it's like, you already know what I'm going to say, but it's just really nice to feel like I've worked with a lot of trainers and there's a very big difference working with a male trainer to a female trainer versus like what you guys are doing. It's like next level shit. Oh, thanks. And you know why we did the online? Like I I love our one-on-one sessions and it's, we can't touch everyone the same way. It's COVID too, but we can't touch as many people. And it's also personal training isn't accessible for everyone. And we knew that and we knew that like this, what we have, like the message we have on movement needs to be accessible for everyone. Like it's so important to us. Like that idea of connecting to self and, and that soft and strong, that connection um, is so, is so important. That's why we started the online platform. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the other thing that's, I think a different thing that we really push and challenge is we're not aesthetically driven. 
Now, I know that. Never, might be, actually. But it, yeah. And it's like, mm-hmm. I always say, so I'm going to be a little controversial in how I maybe word this, but um, I am in the best physical form of my life at almost 40, a month. Um, and it was because I had, I was, I've come into myself. And yeah. so what, this is the lamest analogy, but I always think of like a, a Sunday. Okay. This, this, the Sunday isn't the Sunday without like the brownie on the bottom and the ice cream, which is the foundation. And what makes it pretty at the end might be the whipped cream and the cherry. But if you don't have the foundation, which is like the dropping into the body, the listening to the body, the connecting into the foundation of your body, the aesthetic doesn't mean shit. Like a cherry sitting in a bowl is bullshit. And it's fickle. The aesthetic is fickle. It's going to, it's going to disappear. Yeah. As quick as it came. And it's just, and and it's unique to the individual. So it's like what this ideal aesthetic that the bullshit of society has put out there is not attainable. So should not be the focal point. And, and what it should, and what happens is you feel, I say, people say, say to me all the time, I was a smaller size before, but I look younger. I look more youthful. I look healthier because I'm, I'm breathing. I'm here. I'm present. Not all the time, but most of the time in my body. And you're more aware. And I'm more aware. And that brings health. That brings that foundation of health is not going for something outside of yourself that's being told. Ooh, that went really out there. But it was- I get it. It's just that, and that is our focal. We will not talk about six packs. We will not talk about getting a bouncing booty. Do people do that? Do they do that? I'll tell you what you talk about. Let me give you a little snapshot of what it's like to train. Okay. So, (laughs) so you're holding a couple of weights maybe, or maybe you're doing a body weight squat because you're warming up, right? You're doing a couple. And then all of a sudden, you know, you hear the music, you're in the zone, and then you just have Taryn scream at you saying, now next time, just picture picking up a tissue with your vagina. Or like doing this with your butthole. And you're like picking up a tissue with your rectum. Listen, I'm talking early days. You weren't using the word rectum, okay? (laughs) You and I both know that. Yeah. Also (laughs) granted, this was before Alaline days, so like we could say whatever we want in the other gym. It was but We say vagina all the time. We say vagina. We're a vagina place. We're a vagina. It's so funny. Okay, so you have a studio and a gas... Blah, blah. Okay, so you have a studio in Gastown. I'm obviously going to link all the information so women can connect with you, but there's going to be a lot of women listening. Like we already mentioned, A, don't have the ability to do one-on-ones, and I want you guys to talk to them about how they can access your online community to still work with you in some capacity. So we have one a ton of free content on our Instagram page and that's at Alaline Method, at Alaline Method. And then you can also go to our website where you can become a member to our movement platform. So you get over a hundred and I think now we're at like 150 videos um, on demand. And on demand just means wherever, whenever you want, they're all categorized uh, for all levels, all humans. Um, and 
We also have live streams going from three or four a week that we, so you can have that interaction with us. It's a little livelier. It's a little more playful. Um, and you can go on there and have a seven day free trial. Check us out. Um, we have not just Katie and I on the platform. We believe that there's just so many more amazing uh, teachers and guides of movement. And so we have a crew in our house of amazing instructors, all trauma-informed, all um, gone through the Aline Method training. So uh, they are just some wicked walks of life. And we are having some really great human beings outside of our house of Aline that we're collaborating with that are going to come on, amazing. people that Karen and I deeply respect um, and personally train with as well. Um, and we are, um, so there is like strength training, there is HIIT classes, there's mat Pilates, there's yeah, super yoga, diverse. yoga, um, there's mama classes is what we call the mama, which is the, um, and the mama it's, it's a class that's available to all human beings. I say like I, anybody who has any sort of injuries they're dealing with, or they're just starting their practice. It's just a beautiful, slower version of our, that encompasses all of our classes. So it's, that's what we, we were really passionate. We don't think movement is one modality. It's, it's not one modality. And we don't practice one modality. No. And, and the body isn't designed to move just one way. It needs yeah. a diverse. And so that's what it's about. And, um, I mean, it's $35 Canadian a month. Um, which we think is attainable considering most classes nowadays are $35 a single class. And also pro to the <laughs> to the online platform versus in person. If Taryn's annoying you, you can just pause her whenever you want or walk away and she'll never know. Oh. <laughs> I always know, Allie. You don't have to listen to music. Just kidding. She'd be like, one more. I'd be like, shut up. Well, I'm done. <laughs> I do that shut up. Time. I'm doing four and that's it. <laughs> I swear at her all the time. The amount of curse words that happen in this video obscene no but honestly guys all jokes aside i'm telling you please go check these girls out i've said it a few times throughout this recording but what they're doing is so amazing especially i know 60 75 percent of the people listening are women that will benefit from not only this conversation but trying this stuff at home and if you have the capacity to connect with you guys even further in person I would for sure recommend exploring it as well. And or DM us. The other thing is, is DM us on Instagram. We'll an we, we try to answer anything. So if you have any questions or anything, any feedback, we're super open to feedback. If something didn't feel right, we're here. Like we, we really do try to put our egos aside. It's not about us. It's about being in service to you. So anything we can do to make your experience feel a little bit less daunting, we're super happy to do it. Did we close that. any topic or did we stay open on pretty much every topic we started? I feel like this is every time we Allie talk. and I get together. Or we, <laughs> yeah, yeah. we talk. It's this great. is how the podcast go. Whatever happens, happens. Got to leave the people wanting more. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Allie. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me.
Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Unfiltered with Allie. Just a friendly reminder that I have new episodes that drop every single week, including some bonus content called Honey Check, co-hosted with my best friend, Jenna Garrow, where we catch up for some classic girl talk. If you like what you heard, please be sure to subscribe to the show. And of course, leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. Not only do I love hearing what you guys think of the episodes, but it helps support the show so much. Lastly, be sure to connect with me over on Instagram at, at unfilteredwithally. You'll be able to access a ton of extra content from each of the episodes, slide into my DMs, and you can find the link for my free online Facebook community. This is designed for inspiring badass women all around the world. Can't wait to chat with you next week. Bye.